Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Gridiron Bliss Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Welcome to the Great Iron Blitz, 383, Oscar Lopez in the house. We're going to have a big two-hour show today. We are recapping the Women's Football Alliance 2021 weekend, all three divisions. And in the house, we're going to have the Michael Burmey to break it down for us. We're also going to have the Hall of Famer, Holly Custis, coming in here to give us the lowdown of what's happening with the WFA weekend as well. Uh, and we're going to have the uh, Brian Sweeney breakdown of the weekend so let's go into that right now hey football fans brian sweeney voice of the women's football alliance division one national championship game and what a great weekend of football we had congratulations to the players coaches and fans that made the road to canton such a success in the division three national championship the seven and one derby city dynamite and the seven and one arizona outcast met at tom benson hall of fame stadium on paper these two teams were close to equal and on the field after the first half the game was knotted at six in the second half the dynamite exploded for two more touchdowns and became the division three national champions with a final score of 30 to 20. in division two the reigning division three champion 8-0 Nevada Storm met the 5-3 Detroit Dark Angels in a game where Detroit jumped out to an early three-point lead and followed that possession with a successful onside kick. In the end, though, Nevada controlled the game by scoring touchdowns on six of their nine possessions, including going three for three in the first half. Detroit looked to have some spark in the second half, scoring touchdowns on back-to-back drives, but in the end, Nevada came out on top with a final score of 42-18. to The marquee matchup of the weekend was the Division I Championship. Boston at 6-0 and off of back-to-back national championship wins had a three-peat on their minds. In their way was the 8-0 Minnesota Vixen, the longest-running tackle football team in the nation. This game will go down as one of the best championships the league has seen, played by both sides having their best games. Minnesota managed to do something that no team this season could do, and that was score multiple touchdowns. They did this with well-drawn-out plays, good blocking by the offensive line, and the strong running of American Conference game MVP Grace Cooper, who managed to get into the end zone four times. But it was league and game MVP of the Renegades, Allison Cahill, who did what she has done all year by throwing for 218 yards and three touchdowns. She also ran one in herself with 235 remaining in the game to seal the Renegades' third consecutive national championship, this time over the Vixen, who put up more points on Boston than the rest of the teams combined this season. Final score, 42-26. to It was an amazing weekend in Canton. Got to meet so many of you in person. If I missed you this year, make sure to find me in 2022. I want to thank everybody for following For the Fans HQ on Twitter and Instagram. Remember, follow the Women's Football Alliance on all social media platforms as well. I'm on Twitter, Mr. Underscore Announcer Guy. And finally, look for your favorite teams across all social media because if you want to play in Canton, Ohio next season, 
Watch for your team's tryouts this fall and winter. I'm Brian Sweeney, and I will see you next season on the road to Canton. All right. Thank you, Brian, for that. What an exciting weekend in Canton, and we're going to continue the talk on that as we bring in the Michael Burmey in the house, who was there live and witnessing all three divisions front and center, as well as uh, we have the Hall of Famer, Holly Custis, back on the podcast. Uh, so, Michael and Holly, welcome. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. So happy to be here. Good. Uh, Michael, I'm let's start it. with you. Uh, what did you think of the weekend over in, uh, in Canton? I know you were there live for all three uh, championships. Oh, it was so awesome to watch. So awesome to watch live. So happy to see everybody again. So happy to see everybody again in person there. And the games there, they were just absolutely fantastic. They were just absolutely fantastic there, around there. And all three of them, you could tell that they're both teams. The both teams have earned their place up there. And this is something, this is something truly unforgettable. Michael, what uh, stood out to you in D3 with the? Uh, it was a pretty evenly matched. Uh, contest with uh, Derby and uh, and Arizona. As I was saying, well, I kind of decided to figure out, I looked at the game, I figured out that the key of the game would be whether or not the Dynamite could contain Jasmine Raining. And they were able, mm-hmm. to, and so they, they were able to do just exactly that there, because so, okay, I was outcasting the Dynamite's power, and that, it's true that defense Yep, this game proves that it is defense that wins championships. Yeah, I mean, you, they did container uh, Derby really uh, very good on defense, too. Uh, and then offensively, they just, you know, put up a lot of good points as well. So, um, Angelita Furman, I mean, uh, what a beast on the field all game, uh, deserving of the MVP. We're going to have her here in about a half hour or so with Coach uh, Roy McMillan. Plus, we're also going to have Nevada Storm here in the house with the Coach of the Year, Chris Garza and Sarah Calangelo as well. And then we're going to have the Boston Renegades here in about an hour or so as well. So, um, Mike, what about D2? That was the the whole game we build up to that uh, out of the weekend, not taking away from Boston and Minnesota and, you know, Derby and, uh, I mean, uh, Arizona and Derby and uh, Boston and um, um, Minnesota. But everybody came in here because, you know, it was kind of a historic thing where Nevada was going to make history as well. Well, that was going to be it. <laughs> well, make history, they cert- they truly did. The Dark Angels, they put up a good, they put up, because I guess I stated, stated, stated all the game, but the Storm, they were just too, the, stor- the Storm looked, pretty, looked like they could not be. After that, after that first drive and outside kick there, the Storm looked like they could not be stopped. And all season, they actually put it put it this way. They looked like they could. They looked like they. I have to say that they looked like D one is where they belong. Yeah, I think everybody after that performance really assumes the same as you because it really was a an impressive six out of nine possessions, and they scored on six out of nine, which is awesome. Oh, I, I'm sorry, I was unaware they had only nine possessions there. They just had, but they were absolutely, they're, they're absolutely efficient. I was on there. My favorite moment of the storms, of course, my favorite moment of the storms, of course, was the next night, but we'll get to that later on. Yeah, that was, I mean, but you you can tell, uh, uh, Michael, you were there live. They have uh, 
uh, fluidity. They were flowing really well with the transition of, you know, Felker and Colangelo as well as Plummer. They were using those three as really intricate pieces. And at one point we thought uh, Jasmine Plummer was going to be somewhat injured and not able to come back with the hip with the hip problem, but that didn't happen. But overall, they, they did manage offensively to really stay consistent and drive through that red zone, uh, I mean, pretty much at will. Yes, they were. Yes, they did. Plummer and Felker and Felker and there's a yep. There's a reason why Colangelo or Colangelo, as he now pronounced it for some reason, was and won the MVP awards that game. There, he's looking. Yeah, the looking priest or looking really stuck throughout that game there. And I, as I said, I think we could be seeing. I think we're likely could be like seeing this game's next big dynasty. I really think that this is uh, an equivalent of a Boston-type mentality, right? I agree with you. I think this is going to be one of those yeah. key things. Um, let's bring in Holly into the conversation. Holly, Nevada really six out of nine on, on every uh, six out of nine possessions they scored, and they really kept uh, you know Detroit off balance. Uh, not to take away, obviously Detroit did have some issues with time management, the clock, uh, you know, their, their drop balls. They were just not as efficient as they should have been. Well, you know, going in uh, to the game, you know, Nevada all year has been very consistent on offense, so I'm really not uh, surprised that they were efficient in the game. Um, you know, they've been slowly building over the last couple of years, um, you know, a really great winning culture there. Um, you know, as I talked about before, um, when I was with Seattle, we played them. Oh gosh, it has to be like three or four years ago now, um, and they were solid, but they have been building and building and building, and so I'm really excited to see their progress. And and kind of with Fermi, I think um, you know it's probably too early to tell, but I, I think they should, if they you know um, feel you know pretty good going into this off season, should consider the, the uh, Division One side um, either this coming year or maybe a year or so off. I think they had the talent to do so. Um, and this game definitely proves it. They've only been in this division one year and already won the title. That's really awesome. And you don't see that very often. So, um, you know, offensively, they're very consistent running the ball. And I think that definitely paid off in this game too. Michael, um, if they up, if they up themselves to D one here, it's going to be a roster situation, right? Because they're, they're going to have to increase their numbers at some point because of the limitations that I mean, you don't want to go with the 30 man roster when you really need a 45 man roster. So something for them to assess, right? They have, well, they have, looks like they have a pretty good roster right now. And I, given their reputation, I don't think recruiting is going to be a problem for them. I think we could see, very well see folks play, even that we're going to see a good mixture of rookies and players from other teams coming out of the, some of the other teams coming their way. So that's how it's, it's probably even doing it. Their reputation is spreading around. More and more people are going to be interested looking in their way. All right, uh, Mike, Boston, uh, No, I don't think nobody was surprised that they were going to win. I think all of us pretty much knew that they were going to win, didn't know how they were going to win. But I'm more, I was more uh, impressed with Minnesota. They came in. They, they battled hard. They gave them a, a contest. And, uh, you know, what, what can you say about Grace Cooper? You know, just a, an outstanding individual athlete and deserving of the MVP. Absolutely. Grace, Grace Cooper, she was 
So it's really really hard to face them there. When it looked when it looked like Boston looked like they were Boston really put foots away there. So they came, came with a big with another big run to keep the keep the Vixen right in right there in it there. You gotta have it right there in this one. I think every I think that this comes from being I think that just has to be stamped out of these this whole team and I get how long they've been playing for that there. I really like I think the culture over there is one which really works which really worked out there and of course they sit out there and I think they got something good going on quite a long come. I think uh Mitraisic is really good. Uh um offensively they're really uh really efficient. Um I think they stayed as close as anybody would stay with Boston at this point or in, uh, I think they put up more points, right? Uh, on record than any other uh, uh, contest with Boston in a championship game uh, with the Cali War and all that. So I think they put up 26 points, which is the most I think they've given up in a championship game. Yeah, as and as Brian said in his recap, it's about as much as it's more than the the Boston's other opponents got other opponents got against them combined this year. So. And you saw it live, so that, uh, Michael, off, the off, the Minnesota offense. You saw it live and and in person. But what do you say about the defense? They they pretty they play pretty well to hold to hold Boston to almost forty points or under forty points almost at one point. Uh, you got to say something uh, you know really good about that defense too. Absolutely. Just see how they had on that opening at Boston's first offensive drive, where they made, where they had to put their, they actually sacked Allison Cahill. Something which is not an easy task to do there, and I think the set the tone for the defense. Okay, there obviously Boston set it up from there, but got hands of the Vixens' defense. They kept it, was keep they kept it allowed as contained as contained as the defense can keep this team. Holly, you're a defensive strategist. Uh, what did you see of that Boston Minnesota game on on a defensive side of things? Well, like we were we were saying um, before, you know, uh, Grace Cooper is a, an explosive player, and she was able to do a lot of uh, damage and get to Minnesota on the board, uh, which you know, Burmy was accurately um, giving credit to because not a lot of people can put up a lot of points on Boston is a really big deal. And I think on the flip side, um, you know, I think Minnesota should also be given credit. Uh, like we were talking about, because Boston has a lot, a lot of weapons. And I really think Allison was already, you know, a Hall of Fame type of quarterback. And really, really, this is just another, basically, gravy on top of her career. And to, you know, try to challenge her, you know, get pressure on her, that sort of thing, is really awesome, uh, you know, thing that Minnesota should take away and to try to hold them, you know, under their, their average uh, point spread for the year is also a very good victory. I, I just think Minnesota should be given a lot of credit for hanging in there. And I think they can build upon this going into the off season. Um, you know, I think uh, the last uh, year or two they've been really building, and I think they're going to have a really good year next year as well, as long as uh, they're able to maintain the pieces that they currently have. Michael, uh, what else uh, out of the event that, that you can uh, tell our fans or everybody that's listening uh, that you have a great time there? We got the after, the after party at the flag football by the Browns before that event, the bro- uh, Broken Barriers um, honorees. 
that was at, uh, I believe, during the halftime, the All-American game as well. So uh, it was an impressive weekend. I mean, hats off to Lisa King and uh, Wynn Dominey for pulling it off. Absolutely. The fact that and also had fast enough to make it, break this deal with the, with the Hall of Fame Village, the Hall of Fame Village, because this is a state, this, I think this, because this stadium, we see it on TV. Every year we see it on the pre TV where the Hall of Fame game is played every year. Preseason game is played every year. And this is a fantastic, so this is quite a pickup there. Not only the fact they were able to get the stadium, but also able to get the good force, the full support of Hall of Fame Village there. Not only for the girls' camp, for the, also for the girls' football camp, which I saw early, which I was able to see earlier there, to help out with, but also for the, I guess for the camp, but also for the presentation, I guess for the present for the uh, presentation that's part of that. This is a very big deal that they've got, they've gotten the folks at Canton on board for this, especially with the five-year deal, and this. So I was absolutely, I'm, I'm so very, so excited. All around a fantastic experience all around there. I'm already, I'm already ready to do this all again next year. Yeah, I think it was a, a great event. Um, sorry I, could, I couldn't be there, but uh, looking forward to being there next year and the year after and after because this is an impressive presentation by the Women's Football Alliance. And then, you know, the attention, uh, you know, to the NFL via NFL Films and all the press, plus uh, Robert Kraft, um, you know, with the uh, airline uh, sending the Boston Renegades to the Canton and back from Canton to New England. So really impressive weekend. Uh, Mike, thanks for coming in. I really appreciate it. It's been a, a great uh, WFA season. We're looking forward to the WNFC uh, event here on the Nine Cup coming up here in about two weeks. So uh, it's going to be women's football front and center once again for until the end of the month. Absolutely. That's gonna, I'm pretty sure they're going to have a fantastic the IX Cup experience is going to be a fantastic one as well, I'm sure. As is this weekend's WTFL Legacy Bowl weekend in Brookings, South Dakota, on the campus of South Dakota State University. There, all great to see all three of these leagues there getting deals with big stadiums with the city's support. Campus is fully behind them. This is that no matter which league you're a fan of, which you're part of, right, which teams you're a fan of, this is good for the entirety of women's football. Agreed. All right, Michael, thank you again, and uh, congratulations on your Bucks winning the NBA championship. You so, thank you so much. Bucks in, Bucks in six, baby. Stay safe, okay? Safe travels back home. I'm back home. Thank you so much there. Have a good night. You too, now. All right, Holly, uh, Burmeister in the house, giving us the lowdown of that weekend. Uh, and everybody got to meet him and greet him out there, so it was a really awesome event. And then on top of that, the whole event was awesome. Yeah, you know, I think um, from everything that I could see, they did a really awesome job. Um, there was a lot of activity, uh, a lot of social media engagement. Uh, I think it was really, really well done. Um, and, you know, having uh, Allison have her um, – Ball and jersey, you know, be put into the Hall of Fame is a really big deal as well. And having that relationship with uh, the Hall of Fame, um, I think will, you know, reap a lot of benefits in the future. So I think they did a really awesome job putting this on. I agree. I think that this is really going to be a uh, great um, business 
you know, cooperation and collaboration, which is what's what's needed, right, basically for the WFA to grow in terms of branding, in terms of awareness, and, and for average fans like NFL fans or college football fans to realize that the women tackle football teams exist and leagues do exist, which has been kind of the things that we've been trying to bring front and center. Um, so let's go into the Monkey Night Fight Huddle, and we're going to be talking to the Division Two National Champions, the MVP, Sarah Colangelo, and also Coach of the Year, Chris Garza, in a second here. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right, you guys, in the house, Nevada Storm. And we have a coach of the year, Chris Garza, which is now champion coach Chris Garza, the two time champion. And then we have the MVP, Sarah Calangelo. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I hope you had a great weekend. What what we watched was amazing. Great performance by you and your team. It was a great weekend of football for uh, the WFA. Yeah, it was pretty great. Happy to have uh, been part of it. <laughs> uh, Coach, uh, what a weekend for you guys, but also a weekend for, you know, Derby and for Boston. So uh, as a whole, uh, just an awesome, awesome weekend. Yeah, it was a really good weekend. We, I, I thought, you know, the games that I, I all the games that that were uh, hosted there this weekend were just spectacular to watch. Um, Arizona was competitive, but of course, like you said, Derby came out on top, and uh, that the Dixons and Renegades game. Uh, that now that was an exciting game to watch. It, it was almost like a um, Nobody was knew, knew who was going to win after that first quarter. Um, so it just kept everybody on the edge of the seat with, with all the games. I, I loved it. It was a great event to happen. Um, Coach, we talked about it uh, on the previous podcast, making history, and uh, there you go. Pencil it in. You have made history. Yeah, it's, it's a real honor, and, and I know the ladies on our team refer to it as they're making their history. And uh, they're really proud of that, and and I'm just really proud to be a part of that in this organization. Um, when when I first stepped up to the challenge of head coach for this team, um, I just I'm just really grateful that that Kerry Mackey and Shannon Pease, you know, really trust me and put me in that position to to help our organization to get to where we're at now. I think a great job uh, by you, your coaching staff. Uh, and ultimately, like you said, the, the roster has believed in what you guys are trying to achieve. Um, so the big question is, uh, Michael just left here, you know, Michael Burmy. The big question is, uh, Chris, is it going to be a conversation with ownership, whether you guys move up to D1, or is it going to be a roster issue? Because we're already anticipating you guys trying to bump up, but it's going to be a, a conversation probably in the off season, right? Yeah, I think unofficially, you know, I can't speak on behalf of the organization fully, but uh, unofficially, I think that the jump will, will happen. Um, and whether we're ready for it or not, I think it's going to be um, it's going to be a good challenge for us to step up to that and see if we're ready for it or not. Um, but you know, all we got to do is just keep working hard and keep following the formula that, that's helped us get to where we're at right now. Sarah, um, what an amazing performance by yourself, uh, Jess and also uh, Mo, and then ultimately the performance by the defense. 
What a job your defense did all game. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, we've got a lot of strong players on our team, and, you know, I'm very thankful for uh, the skills that we have as a team and just, you know, the cooperation and how we work together. It, it really helps a lot, and it's, it's really great to see out on the field. Sarah, what do you think of the series? We were all shocked. You guys, I think that's six out of nine possessions you guys scored on. That is just like it doesn't happen very often. Even in the NFL, it doesn't happen. And you guys were able to punch in six out of nine. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, you know, that comes back to just how um, talented the team is. Um, not only are our running backs really amazing, but our um, offensive line, you know, creating those holes and gaps and maintaining their blocks and everything. Um, we just work very well as a cohesive team. And I guess, you know, that helps produce, you know, six out of nine possessions. <laughs> it was really well done. Uh, Chris, did you even wonder it was going to be six out of nine? That's like a, like a WFA championship record right now. I mean, you guys literally took every possession in, in a timely fashion. Uh, obviously, you were given some looks that you were taking advantage of. But uh, even with Jasmine out uh, for a couple series, uh, we were, you know, we were watching the broadcast. They were saying, okay, maybe a hip issue and she's not going to come back or something like that. But ultimately you obviously had three other weapons like Sarah and, and Jesse. So it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if you were shocked, but six out of nine, that's pretty impressive to do. Yeah. And we, we strive to, to score every time we touch the football and to have it that close to six out of nine, I mean, that, that's, that's great. I mean, we, we don't ask for perfection, but we're asking to get really close to that and try to hit it. And, you know, we'd love to score every time we touch, touch the football. Um, but out there when, you, when you're when you in, you know, the uh, higher brackets of competition, you know, Detroit did a really great job of doing what they had to do to stop us as well. So um, it, it wasn't anything that we just couldn't overcome. It's just that, that team, I mean, is a good football team. And they did what they had to do. Chris, I'm going to bring in Holly here to pick your brains. And uh, also, Sarah, Holly Custis here, WNFC Utah Falcons, our co-host and Hall of Famer as well. So go ahead, Holly. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Congratulations. I'm really uh, happy that you guys were able to finish on such a strong note and and take home that title. Um, how does it feel to be in this division one year and already reach that mountaintop? And this question could go to either of you. I think that uh, coming in this year um, at DT, we, we were kind of wondering where we would fit in or how, how well we would compete against um, this level of play. Um, and, and we were apprehensive at first, but once we – had everybody buy in. I just think all those worries went away and just played, mm-hmm. played football. Just, just <laughs> tried to forget about it. Right. Okay. Awesome. Um, and Chris, um, did Detroit come out and anything new that you guys hadn't seen before, or was it uh, simply just a lot of effort by them or what were you seeing from that? You know, they came out hot and um, they did what they had to do to, to, to win the football game. Um, they came out in a couple of formations we hadn't seen before. Um, but, you know, we just 
adjusted as best we could and, and made some made uh, halftime adjustments and and really that's that's all we can do is just keep changing to win the football game. Awesome, uh, Sarah. Um, your ground game, as we talked about earlier, produced a lot this year. Uh, what do you attribute that to? Do you feel like it's a scheme issue? Um, you know, is it your offensive line, or what do you attribute uh, the success you guys have had there to? Um, so I think a lot of our success is, um, I kind of mentioned it before, just like working together, we really trust each other as a team. Um, we trust, you know, as running backs, we trust our blockers to be there and block who they're supposed to. We trust our offensive line to, again, open up the gaps and, again, block who they're supposed to. And as, you know, blockers, we trust that our running backs are going where they're supposed to. And so I think um, just how, you know, we work together really helps, um, like, find where we can work off of each other. You know, we can adjust when we need to, and we always know that we're going to be where we're supposed to be. That's really awesome to hear. I I, I think um, it sounds like what you're saying is the communication is, is there for you guys, which I totally. think is awesome because you can you can tell, you know, when I was watching um, some of this game that you guys have a lot of poise, and I think that comes from the confidence you guys have in each other. Um, so I can definitely – I think you can visually see that. Um, so that's awesome that you guys had that. Um, you know, going into the off season, Sarah, what are your goals for this off season going into next year? Um, so for me, I always want to get better at whatever it is that I'm doing. So in this off season, I really want to focus on um, learning more of the ins and outs of the game of football in of itself. Um, so that way, when I get into the actual season, um, I'll have more of an understanding of why, um, you know, certain plays work the way that they do and that kind of stuff. And then I also want to, you know, make sure I hit the gym and I'm always improving on my cardio and my strength so that next season I can just go up from here. Very cool. I think you guys had an, an awesome season and Sarah, you had a, um, an amazing game as well. You guys should be extremely proud. Um, Chris, you know, you mentioned before you guys might be considering the jump to D1. How do you think your preparation would change this off season going into next season if that's what you guys end up doing? I think that we're going to recruit a little bit more heavily than we did last season and uh, just, just try to be the best we can in our, our community and just, just be there for our community and, and get the word out that we're here. And, uh, any backing or help is help is appreciated. That's awesome, you guys. I, I really think, you know, Birmingham mentioned it um, earlier uh, on our, um, you know, opening comments that you shouldn't have a problem recruiting now. You know, winning tends to bring people in. So I think that's really going to help you guys, um, you know, ramp up for next year. Um, and my fun last question is, Obviously, you know, you win a championship and a lot of celebration happens. What was your favorite moment of the celebration? And this could go to uh, both of you. I would say uh, my favorite part of the celebration was just uh, taking that, that coach bath and uh, uh, the ice water bath and, and just looking around and taking it all in at the very end of the game. 
Um, it, it just it was just surreal to be there at that moment in time, and I, I still can't put a, a word to how I felt in that moment. It, it was just a great experience for me. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, it it was an incredible experience. Um, You know, I was there for when we won the D3 championship, um, but I think after winning the D2 championship, it felt different um, just because I think we as a team became so much closer as a family. And, you know, a lot of people were saying how this might have been their last season or whatever. And um, afterwards, you know, we all were together and people were saying that, you know, they can't, they can't stop this. Like, you know, we, we, you know, have to come back. And so that was really awesome knowing that I'll have my family back with me. That's really great to hear. You know, um, having played a long time when you have that environment where your team is your family, that is something you want to hang on to as much as possible. So that's really great to hear. Um, but I'm a big fan of you guys, and I'm really excited that uh, you're able to take this one home. Um, I'm going to pass it back over the Oscar, but I'll be watching out for you guys for next year. Thank you, Holly. Chris, I really appreciate you making the time. And uh, now I'm just going to give you some little trivia. Uh, you're in the history books now, so uh, grandkids and everybody else will know that, especially for the WFA. So I know you probably are humble about it, but uh, congratulations. You are uh, – now part of the Women's Football Alliance history books, so which is awesome. Yeah, it's a great honor, and, and I, re- I truly was not expecting it, and uh, I just, I'm just really thankful to be in the position that I'm in, and, and to meet all the other coaches and, and people in the organization this year, um, and of course people like Brian. Um, you know, it, it was just really humbling for me, and, and I really appreciate all the kind words. All right. Sarah, um, same thing for you. Punch it in in the uh, encyclopedia. They say you're in history as part of a team that won, you know, two division titles and come back and win in each division a championship, which is pretty impressive if you if you think about just the magnitude of it. Definitely, yeah, pretty pretty incredible, and it's a really great feeling. Um, and I'm excited to see what next year has for us. All right. Um, besides your game, uh, Sarah and Coach Chris, before we go, uh, were you? Did you guys get to watch the other games as well, like Boston, Minnesota, or Derby and Arizona? Uh, yeah, I, I watched a little bit of the uh, Arizona game um, and Derby Arizona game. Uh, we, we were actually suiting up and uh, warming up the team at that time, but um, it, that game was a good game, and I, we were definitely there for the. Uh, Vixens Renegades game. Sarah, what'd you think of the Boston Minnesota game? It was pretty impressive, toe to toe. That's something of a, the next level that you guys are inspiring to. Yeah, I thought it was an incredible game. Um, you know, that was the first time that I'd really seen Minnesota play before, and I, I'm a huge fan of them as a team. Um, you know, I thought that it was just all around. A, good game both teams had some really amazing plays and um it really did inspire me watching and seeing how these ladies can play you know i hope to strive and you know play like them and hopefully next year i'll have the opportunity to be able to 
um, see and play with them as well. So it, it was really cool to see. Well, Sarah, congratulations on your MVP, deserving honors, uh, as well as your teammates. And then ultimately, Chris, uh, congratulations on your coaching staff for this year. And uh, we're looking forward to Nevada Storm football in 2022. And I think that, you know, when we get the news that you guys do officially bump up to D1, I think everybody's expectations of you are going to be at the same level. And why not, right? If you can do it once, you can do it twice, three times a charm. So let's do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's that easy, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, man, exactly. There's, there's <laughs> countless hours, countless hours of preparation, um, a lot of te- team buy-in, and, and just having everybody around you um, be ready to, to just step up their game in every way possible. I'm, I'm excited. Well, I know, the, I know the Nevada community is uh, very uh, uh, proud of you guys, and I know that whole, the whole Tahoe area and and so I'm pretty sure you'll be getting a lot of more attention now than ever before being a national champions, which doesn't happen very often in that area. So you guys should be very proud of that. So thanks for making the time, you guys. I really appreciate it. Sarah, uh, once again, congratulations on your honors, MVP, and Coach Chris as well as Coach of the Year. Uh, what an impressive season. I really appreciate you guys making the time for us. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Have a great night, guys. Yeah, you too. All right, uh, Holly, there you go. What an amazing, what an amazing event that happened in Canton at this point. What's what an amazing situation there. Um, I don't know what to say at this point, but I mean, amazing is the word that I got to say, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I think that's all you can say, you know. Um, like I've mentioned before, I really think the last couple of years, you know, uh, has been really good for the sport. And I think uh, it's obvious to me that, you know, the WFA, the WNFC, uh, during the COVID downtime, really took advantage of that time uh, to set up some awesome structures and and uh, to work on relationships and to really work on their branding. And I think, you know, it's paying off. And so it was really exciting to see all the activity this weekend, and I hope it continues in the future. I'm really excited for it. And now let's keep the excitement going here. So we're going to go into the second uh, Monkey Night Fight huddle, and then we're going to bring in the Derby City Dynamite. It's the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right, guys, in the house, we got D3 MVP, Angelita Furman, and we also have D3 championship coach, Roy McMillan. How you doing, coach? I'm doing good. How you doing? Doing great. And, uh, Angelita, how you doing? I don't know if she's on or not. Uh, I thought she was on. That she's on. I thought she was on. That, I, it's 317 area code, right? Yeah. I'm going to try to connect uh, Try to connect her on again. See what it – see where it goes out. So, Coach Roy – Congratulations on the championship, uh, well-deserved, 30-20 to 20 against Arizona. What a defense 
way your defense came out, really good job on the, in that game. Yeah, defense carried us all year. I mean, we, you know, defense has been, uh, you know, Derby City's mainstay for years, so, and they, they carried us all year. I mean, that was a great, great offense we played against, twice two of the fastest, most most athletic players in, in all of WFA we had to handle there. So, that was, that was, I, was in, I was proud. All right, let's keep having Angelita. Angelita, are you on again? I I don't know if she's on there or not. Just, I'm just getting stuttering noise. So let me message her up there. Uh, Holly, just uh, let's take care of the coach here with some some questions while I try to get uh, Angelita back on in. Hey, Coach, how's it going? Good, Holly. How you doing? Good. Uh, congratulations on your guys' win. I think um, it seems like a really hard-fought game. Um, what was your pregame speech going into this game like? Uh, basically, I just I told the girls to try to, to, try to calm down. <laughs> they were so excited. Right. You know what I mean? I had a lot of girls that, have, that never thought they could make it to this point, and uh, it was uh, – you know, it was big, and then they were hyped as as they could be, and I think we almost, uh, you, you know how you get that big excitement, and then the game starts, and you have that, that, that letdown, that, that they lose all the right. air in, in their body, and that was, that was what I was afraid was going to happen, and, and that's exactly what happened. We kind of came out, and we were fired up, and then we just lost it all, and then about, then, you know, about 10, 15 minutes later, we got our second win, and we were able to, to, to get our offense rolling and uh, get some points on the board, finally. Yeah, that's totally understandable. Um, uh, what do you think, guys, push push you over the edge uh, to make that uh, kind of transition into your second gear? Uh, it, it's just inconsistent. And uh, <laughs> getting behind is, is, is really what got it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we were, uh, you know, I, I was trying, you know, I tried every coaching trick in the book to get them to, to uh to try to wake up and, and concentrate on the game and when uh I think when Arizona went up fourteen to six on us, uh that kinda of woke everybody up. You know. Before right. losing is, is the best part. So <laughs> what was uh the game plan to stop Arizona's offense? Because you had mentioned, you know, they uh have some athletes on their offensive side of the ball. Uh, the game plan was was to try to try to contain them. Uh, try we, you know we 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 normally blitz a lot and, and send people from all angles, uh, but we basically just wanted to try to stay home and 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 make sure it tackles. And of course, you know the two times we don't, they go uh, what eighty seven yards and sixty nine yards. So, and and I knew they had that kind of ability, and and that's what we wanted to take away. But you know when when you got that kind of players, it, it's eventually going to happen. So we wanted to be sure that we mm-hmm. could just hold them to a couple of times and not, you know, six or seven times a game. So that that totally makes sense. Um, and uh, you know, when the uh, clock, you know, hit uh, triple zero, what did that feel like to you guys to end this long season? You know, a lot of us have been talking about how hard, obviously, COVID has been on everybody. What did it feel like to end this season um, with the championship? 
it, it felt fantastic because, like, like, like you actually just said, it's really been like you know two years almost. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because because uh, of COVID, so we you know we we had a big plan and we came out and then COVID canceled the season and then we ended up losing some girls from from that transition to to this year. So then we came back out again and then. Uh, not not even sure if you're going to have a season and then getting the schedule together and, and not sure, you know, who you're playing or where you're going to be playing at. So that was, it was, it was just a long process and it was, uh, it was hard on a lot of the girls and, you know, and cause you know, you know, to be successful takes a lot of hours and when you don't play in games and can't have a schedule set out yet, it's kind of hard to do an off season program because, kind of how to get people to participate if they don't know they're playing or not. Right. So to right. end championship was, uh, man, it, it was just a, it was, you know, it was a big relief <laughs> also, you know, trying to get, because Derby City, you know, they mostly, you know, that's my first year coaching, second year with the team because of COVID. But, you know, I got girls that have been there 10, 12 years, and they just weren't used to, to, to winning. So when we got to right. the first round of playoffs, they were, you know, it, it was just trying to get them to get over that hump in their mind that we can do this. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and, and, and so just to see the relief on their face and then the fact that they, you know, <laughs> the first thing everybody told me was, Coach, you said we were going to do this. And I was like, I, t- I did. I said that a long time ago. I thought we, we had a scrimmage, and I told them, I said, hey, we're going to win a D3 championship. But they're like, you're crazy. And I'm like, I am telling you right now we're going to win a D3 championship. And to do that, and, then, and and it was more of a you got you got to believe you can do it or you can't do it. You know what I mean? Right. You have to believe you can do it or you can't do it. So I wanted to set that plant that seed then that we can do this. So that was their thing. They was like, you believe in us, and I, I said, you believe in me, and that's how we got it done. So. Well, it totally makes sense. I mean, I think uh, for most teams this year. Um, you know, the trials of going through all the COVID stuff seems to have brought a lot of teams closer. Uh, do you think that um, going through all that uncertainty in the off season and, and everything, uh, you know, helped when you were facing adversity in, in the playoffs? Uh, yeah, it definitely did. It definitely did. Uh, and it definitely brought us closer. It definitely brought us, uh, made us had us build as a team. Uh, and then it, it, you know, it definitely did. It was a – and because people stuck with it, and the people who, who didn't believe whatever dropped off. So – and that's the, the the problem you have at D3 is numbers. And – but mm-hmm. uh, I think this will help us get some numbers and maybe, you know, be a little different next year or so. Very cool. Um, you know, I, I was asking the other people previously on the call, um, obviously when you're celebrating, you know, funny things happen – uh, did you get, uh, you know, a Gatorade shower? Was there anything that uh, uh, was really funny during the celebration, or what stuck out to you in the celebration? Uh, well, yeah, I definitely got, you know, they got me with the ice bucket, you know, which is fine. I wasn't going to run. I got uh, I got two uh, two knees that have been replaced, so I wasn't going to be able to run away from them. So I, I took it like a man, <laughs> let them dump me with the ice bucket. <laughs> but that, they, they actually dumped our owner. Thelma Banks, who plays center, and uh, she's been at this for 16, 17 years and builds her own team and dedicated, you know, but most of her adult life to this women's football team. So they, they definitely got her. And just to see, the, see her smile, like she smiles 
was was definitely worth it, worth, worth it all, all the hours and all the work, all the film study. That's awesome. Um, and uh, going into this off season, what are your your goals for for next year? Like, do you guys are you looking to try to bump up in a division, or are you, are you trying to uh, to continue to build in this division, or, or what are your goals for next year? Well, I, uh, I my goal is to build a team. Whether we bump up or not is basically up to the league. I think they're talking about us moving up, but uh, like I said, we always have have a numbers problem, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but uh, we want to get. I'll, I'll be honest. I told my girls. I said we got to get. Uh, uh, we don't look like. Uh, Nevada or Minnesota or Detroit or Boston, those girls are uh, very de- dedicated in their off-season program. They look, they have that just that physical athletic look. And my girls have a lot of athletic ability, but we don't. So, but not all the same. Uh, uh, I guess I, I guess I'm trying to say we're gonna get in better shape. <laughs> <laughs> we're right, gonna come right, out right. a little better, right? We're gonna get in a little bit of better shape, cause, and and we're gonna put in a lot of work off season, getting our bodies right, and so we can, you know, if we do move up, we can, we'll be able to compete at that next level. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. I mean, everybody, every off season wants to get in in shape, and that's part of the part of the process, you know. So I totally get that. Um, but uh, congratulations, coach! I think you guys had an amazing year. Um, Oscar, are you back? Yeah, let me see if we can get uh, Angelita back on here. So I'm going to see if I can uh, click her here. And... Okay. Angelita, are you on? Hello? I don't know if you guys can hear her, but it's, I can't even hear her at all. No, I can't hear her. All right. Um, I'm going to put her back on here. Um, let me see if we can get her. Is there, uh, Coach, is there a way you can message her and let her know to call back? Yeah, let me try that. Because I think that's – I don't know what's happening, maybe the line or her line, uh, but it's I, – I'm, I can't he- seem to hear her. So, Angelita, if you're hearing – if you're listening to us or if you can listen to us, um, I don't know if you want to call back. Uh, I don't know if it's your the phone. Um, I don't know if the connection's bad at this point. So, um, but Holly, um, Derby, I mean, what an impressive, what an impressive run here for Derby. I mean, they've had a lot of things, um, you know, they, they came up really strong. They, they put together a good game plan and they just executed really well in the second half. Oh, I think, I think the coach is still here, right? Yeah. yeah. Coach is still here. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. I just wanted to make sure we didn't lose him too. <laughs> yeah, no, no I think um, I think you know, uh, like Coach was saying, you could kind of see the the second gear happen. Um, you know, after uh, Arizona got that second score, and and you know that's why I was inquiring with a, a coach on you know the chemistry of the team because you could kind of tell that second gear turned on. And uh, they kind of woke up a little bit, um, and I think they were able to push back on the gas and, and finish it. Um, so that speaks to the chemistry, the communication, and the trust that they have in each other. So that was very evident to me. 
Yeah, and I think that, like he said, when they went down a score and they were down a touchdown, they really decided, okay, we got we got to step it up because this is this is for real now. We got to either play or we're going to get beat here. Yeah, and sometimes that happens. You know, obviously nobody wants to come out and be down at any point in the game, but sometimes things happen, and the strong, mature team, when bad things happen, you learn from it, you rebound, and you keep going forward. Um, the immature teams will let that dwell and make additional mistakes on top of it. So the fact that they're able to bounce back and go in a positive direction speaks to their uh, leadership and their maturity. All right. Let me bring the coach back on and see if uh, we got Angelita coming back or not. Uh, coach, are we able to get a hold of her? Or? I'll send her a message. Uh, uh, okay. Then call when let me see. Yeah. I see her on the switchboard, um, so let me see if I can get her back on because see if she came back on here. Hold on. All right, so let's see her. Angelita, are you on? Yes, I think it's – I don't know if it's the phone because I, I'm thinking it's the phone itself. I'm going to uh, – I don't know if we want to uh, let her know about that, or, but at this point, it seems like I, when I put her on, it's just distorted. Right. Yeah, it is distorted. Okay. Um. So, Coach, well, we couldn't get Angelita on here, but we can always get her on at a different time if that's the case, uh, given the uh, the circumstances. Um. But you know, we wanted to bring you on to give you credit for you, uh, your team, your coaching staff, and what a great performance you guys had on. Uh, on championship day, which is uh, 30 to 20 Arizona. And uh, what an impressive win, especially for Thelma, like you said, with the, you know, the whole building the team up up to this level. And I really think maybe, uh, do you think she'll retire? She said she might retire if she won it all, but we don't know. (laughs) Uh, If I was a betting man, I would say she's not going to (laughs) retire, but she, she loves it. So, but we'll see. I mean, she might, but I doubt it. She, she, she just yeah, I, I doubt it too. I, I, I think she's going to tough it out and just until her body says she can't do it anymore. But uh, um, yeah. let me yeah. let me see if I can try Angelita one more time. She's on the line, but I don't know if it's good. so. Angelita, if you're listening to me, I'm going to go ahead and put you back on and see if it comes on. Mm-hmm. Are you on? No. Okay. Right. No problem then. All right. So we'll get her on at a different time. Um, obviously, we can do that at a different time. Uh, Coach Roy, thank you for coming in. Congratulations no on your D3 championship. And I always appreciate you making the time for me. I really, really do. I know you're busy and everything. And uh, enjoy this win going into the 2022 offseason. And uh, we're obviously expecting Derby City to do as, as well in D3 or if they get bumped to D2. But uh, enjoy this whole season. What an amazing ride for you. Uh, we're definitely going to enjoy it. <laughs> We're definitely gonna enjoy it, and uh, yeah, I already told the girls uh, to start getting. We'll go and start getting ready for next year. Uh, soon, and here in about three or four weeks, because we got to get to uh, to uh, the level of uh, uh, the the level of fitness. What, like I told the uh, Holly earlier, was uh, the level of fitness of you know Nevada and 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 Detroit and Minnesota and Boston. Is a big difference in where we are right now. So that's what we're going to try to do is up our fitness level. And then uh, I think talent-wise we'll be okay if we can just get, you know, 
get some numbers and get our fitness wise. So we'll, we'll be ready to move up. If they need us to. Well, I can tell you. I can tell you right now, the expectation is going to be higher, right? Since you already win, so oh. I'm pretty sure they understand that uh, as well. So, and they're going to want to, you know, put in the time and keep grinding as well. So, all right. So, coach, yep. thank you very much. Enjoy the off season. Uh, we'll be in touch again as we get ready for the 2022 uh, season. But congratulations to you, your squad, and the organization for a great, successful 2021. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a great night, sir. All right, you too. All right. So, Holly, there you go. Uh, we uh, couldn't get Angelina on, unfortunately, uh, because of phone, uh, phone issues or problems. And so we'll, we'll reschedule with her at a different time. It's not a problem. Um, but uh, what do you think, Holly? Pretty good weekend, right? Boston, I, I, like we said before, I didn't, we didn't expect Boston to lose. Uh, but I think Minnesota did open our eyes that they deserve to be in D1? Oh, definitely. I think um, the way Minnesota was playing in the playoffs, um, I knew that they would make a push in this game. I I think that they proved, you know, that um, they belong uh, at this level. And and I think I I really hope that they use that as momentum going into next year. Um, Like you said, we – we knew Boston was extremely strong. You know, they're very athletic, they're very experienced, and they're very fast. Um, and they have a really good quarterback, and they have weapons all over the place. And so we knew that Boston was going to score. We knew that Boston was likely going to win. Um, but it also speaks volumes to, to Minnesota that, that they were able to put up points and make it a game. So uh, I think they should be proud of that. Yeah, I mean, Cooper, just an amazing athlete. Um just uh, all over the field as well, so uh, deserving of the MVP honors. You don't get that very often in the in the uh, championships where you get the, the losing team that has the MVP, but uh, she's very deserving of that. Yeah, you know, that doesn't happen very often, but I think in this case it, um, she definitely deserves it. She's very explosive and, and had a really, really good game and a great season, and, uh, you know, obviously you don't want to lose the game, but I think – uh, hopefully this gives her, uh, you know, a boost of confidence going into to next year that uh, she was able to compete at this level and not only compete but compete well. So uh, she should definitely feel proud of that. All right. So before we uh, send you off, we have Defensive, defensive Player of the Year for the WNFC. Uh, you know where our vote is. Our vote's with you. So uh, <laughs> if you are listening, WNFC fans, uh, you need to go vote for Holly Custis um, for the Defensive Player of the Year. So there you go, Falcon fans as well. So uh, what an honor, uh, uh, Holly, to, to put you in the same class as these other great uh, defensive players for the for this season. Yeah, you know, um, it's a huge honor. I mean, the talent in this group is really, really strong, um, and I'm really thankful to, to be uh, thought of in this group. You know, I think for me it speaks – volumes actually to how uh, our defense played this year. You know, earlier in the year we had, uh, you know, we were running a new scheme. So we had uh, some trial and error, a couple a couple games, trying to figure some stuff out with our new defense. But overall, I think we got better as the year progressed, and I really enjoyed playing with everybody, and I think we communicated well. I love, um, you know, playing with the people I was playing with, and, and, uh, you know, so 
uh, I think uh, my teammates deserve just as much recognition as, as I do with this one. Um, and then, you know, I also uh, would like to recognize that my uh, teammate Gina is uh, nominated for Offensive Player of the Year and also MVP. Um, uh, you know, again, when you're looking at all of these groups of people, they're really strong. And so it's, I think it speaks uh, to the health of the league that there's so much talent um, to go around. And, and for me, it's just an honor. Um, you know, I'll be going to uh, the breakfast bowl where they're announcing this, and I got really geeked out because they said that Patrick Willis will be there, and that's my guy. Oh, yeah, Patrick Willis you know, will be there. You know, I'm a big, I'm a big 49ers fan, and, and, you know, when he was playing – uh, and uh, we had Bowman and Patrick Willis. It was so awesome to watch. And so I'm really excited for that. And uh, just to be in that conversation and in the room is, is really awesome for me, uh, especially considering it's year 15. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I, I'm really honored by that. Oh, yeah, we're so proud of you. Uh, great job uh, with your teammates and Falcon. Uh, Gina, like you said, also being nominated, and what an impressive season she had as well. Um, and you guys, you know, almost to the end there against San Diego, so that was a, a really big clash as well. But, you know, overall, a, a great season. We got one more game uh, for the Nine Cup in Denton, which you're going to be there as well to uh, receive the honors for whoever wins the Defensive Player of the Year. Hopefully we're, we're crossing our fingers it would be you. And uh, Gina should get the nod maybe as, as MVP of the league. It just looks like more than likely that's what's going to happen, but uh, the results will come out at, at some point here during the nine cup event. And, uh, but uh, you know what? WFA weekend, Holly, this is what we uh, uh, hope for, right? The whole event uh, streamed on uh, YouTube, on the WFA channel, as well as on uh, for the fans uh, coverage. Um, I mean, it was just a great, great weekend. Great call by uh, Donna Wilkinson and Brian Sweeney as well. And uh, Pat Brown as well so really awesome and uh, thank them for doing a great job this weekend oh yeah and um you know donna's turned herself into an awesome uh, you know uh, broadcast type person um you know so that was it's really fun to to uh, watch her develop with that um you know i played with her at the first um uh, women's world game camp what was that like six, seven years ago or something like that. And uh, she was a really, really good linebacker when she was playing too. So it's really cool to, to watch her uh, do the broadcast and stuff. But, yeah, it was a great, great weekend. Um, you know, I think, again, they, they put on a great event. And and um, I'm hoping to see some of that uh, uh, go over into next season with them as well as the WNFC weekend coming up next weekend. And I think one of the things as um, – we are growing as a sport that we're doing better at, but we need to continue to do better at is making these games an event. So like when you go to an NFL game or a college mm-hmm. game, yep. it's an event. So you, you draw in not just like the diehard fans like you and me, but you draw in the, the uh, more neutral fans or the people that, you know, they went to the game because their buddy had an extra ticket. Like those people that might not be as diehard, you bring them in, with the activities um, that you have at the game and you make it an event, the more we go down this path of, of making it a production, the more people we're going to draw in. So I think it's really awesome to see. 
Well, uh, Holly, we've been talking about it for uh, forever, right? Marketing is key, right? So this is a marketing type yeah. of event. It's no different than a convention yeah. or no different than any of that. So you can't just invite somebody to, let's come watch my championship game. No, it has to be come watch, you know, a prelude to the championship game, which is really what we're at right. now. It's like a coordination of event, uh, which I think both leagues realize that now. The WFA hooking up with the WAV, uh, you know, the uh, the whole process there with the marketing arm with them really helps them with the negotiation with the Hall of Fame and everything else, five years. That's going to be huge. Now they have resources at the Hall of Fame. They have resources in other avenues as well. So, yeah, it's a, like to your point, it has to be a spectacle in order for the average casual fan to even draw into our, our sport. Oh, yeah. And, you know, um, it's like uh, playing or coaching. The more you do, mm-hmm. the better you get at it. And then um, you learn from certain things and you improve upon it. And then you have new ideas. And so as long as that creation and that creativity continues, I think the sport is just going to uh, continue down this awesome road uh, of positivity. I think it's going to be a, b- a benefit for the sport overall, especially in the U.S., the birth of the sport. If we can master this, then it's going to be one of these things where it grows internationally as well. And, and then we might we end up having you know fans draw in from overseas to come watch some of these great athletes that are going to play in both leagues. So, All right, Holly, uh, crossing your fingers here. We've got one more week to the nine cup. Um, do you have a favorite or a pre preview favorite here? Uh, that's going to be, you know, hard to say off the top. I think obviously Texas um, is the holder of the crown from the, from the last round. And until somebody knocks them off, it, it's, it's still kind of theirs. I, I think, you know, um, San Diego's running back is, is very, very quick. Um, I think Dallas, uh, they uh, they have a lot of speed on their defense, um, and that's going to be a key matchup there. And then it's going to be uh, a key matchup on, on the other side if uh, San Diego's defense can continue playing really strong and try to um, contain some of, some of Texas's weapons. Um, you know, I, I really think it's going to be a great matchup. Um, and I'm excited to go. I, I would rather be in the game, of course, you know. Lord. Um, but if I'm not going to be in the game, uh, I'm glad that I'll at least be able to see it. Yeah, it's going to be a great clash. Uh, Ninja's, uh, I mean, has worked for, for so long on this thing, and now she's here, and now she gets to, you know, gets to face Jenkins and, com- Jenkins and company. So it's going to be a great event there uh, for the Texas Elite Spartans against the San Diego Rebellion. All right, Holly, we'll see, catch you next week if that's the case. If not, uh, safe travels to Texas, and uh, like I said, we're uh, rooting you on for the Defensive Player of the Year Award. All right. Thank you. Have a good week. Enjoy it. Thank you again. All right. Uh, so that was Holly Custis, Hall of Famer Holly Custis in the house. Uh, we should have her back in about not next week or the Nine Cup and kind of give us her, her take on the whole event. But uh, what a what a weekend for the WFA in at the Hall of Fame Village in Canton, Ohio. And so let's bring in Mark Simone, a.k.a. backseat coach in the house here. Mark, how's it going tonight? It's going great. How are you, Oscar? Doing great. Uh, just fantastic. Uh, what a recall event for Nevada and Derby here. 
And in a couple minutes here, we're going to be talking to your Boston Renegades, which is Shantae Bonds and Stephanie Pasquale as well. So uh, what a, a treat for you and me to kind of dissect into some of these talented athletes that these uh, Boston Renegades are. I mean, uh, Shantae, MVP of championship as well uh, in previous years and outstanding players. Stephanie, obviously an awesome talent as well, and she's put in a lot of time as well. So um, I don't know if you're giddy, but I'm giddy. I'm waiting for them to show up here in a couple minutes. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, because of, uh, I guess, COVID and other sort of uh, personal circumstances, I haven't been um, in. Let me get Mark on here. Yeah, are you still on there, Mark? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Uh, Let's see here. I'm here. Can you hear me, Mark? Let's see here. It should be on. I don't know what's going on with the line here. Uh, Mark, if you can hear me, just call back. Try to call back. Let's find out here. We'll figure that out in a second here. I think we're having, like, some switch problem issues here going on here. So let's find that out. All right, so we're going to have Mark try to call back here in a second and we'll plug him back in. But, uh, yeah, what a, a great weekend. Boston, Minnesota, the expectation was, you know, this was going to be a, a big clash, and we got exactly what we wanted when we were talking about the preview for this matchup. What a great uh, performance by Grace Cooper of the of the Vixen. Had a great um, opportunity for her, you know, to kind of, like, be a game changer and she was and ultimately she was deserving of the MVP obviously because of her performance four touchdowns what an amazing uh put her team on her back to try to uh, you know overcome this uh big time Boston Renegades and for the Renegades I mean uh what can you say Allison Cahill is going to be at the Hall of Fame um they're going to induct that that jersey plus the game ball and you can get the lowdown right there at the hub at facebook.com for slash grand beauties that's where uh, majority of the event uh, was happening, and we got WFA links from there. We also have all the articles that were coming out of Boston Globe, uh, all the articles that were coming out of the all the uh, the rest of the media. So let's see if we get Mark back in here. Um, so Mark, can you hear me now? Yes, I can. I don't know what happened, but uh, I'm back. Yeah, I don't know. It's a been a switchboard. Uh, we couldn't get Angelita on here as well earlier, so I don't know if it's our line or what's going on here, but. Uh, it seems like it's cleared up now, so hopefully, cross our fingers, stays that way. Um, no, I'm just talking, Mark, about the weekend. You know, uh, before this, uh, before the matchup of the D1, you know, the anticipation about how uh, Vixen would do, and uh, you know, Grace Cooper. What can you say about Grace Cooper? I mean, just awesome. Oh yeah, she was she was a beast, and you know, she's the real deal. Um, very hard to bring down. I mean, I think that's the thing that really caught my eye. Certainly. Certainly she had, uh, you know, breakaway speed when she got into the open field. But, you know, she was breaking tackles on, on some pretty darn good tacklers. So um, we know that she's definitely got some, some strength uh, to go along with her elusiveness. And, yeah, she, what can I say? She was a beast. Yeah, and, and Mark, the, the Renegades played Renegade ball 
after the first quarter or so, then they started to really gel, short passes, angles. You started to really get the run game going. Uh, also, you had, you know, Cahill in the mix. Uh, I mean, that run at the end of the game for her to score the touchdown, I mean, what? Uh, that's an exclamation touchdown right there. <laughs> it definitely, definitely was. Um uh, yeah, I don't think she's uh, had a, a rush like that for, you know, maybe a couple of years. Uh, but it was definitely a, a play that was that was drawn up. That if if the alley was there for her, she was going to go, and she saw it, and she just booked it. Um, I think anybody who's watched Kay Hill over the years uh, knows that um, you know she, she has she has speed on the ground. Um, but, uh, you know, after, what, how many years in the league she's been playing football for, like, 18 seasons, um, she's become a much, you know, obviously become a very good passer and um, has spent the last few years, you know, running the ball a little bit less. Uh, usually if she runs the ball, it's, it's a broken play or, um, or an option uh, where, where um, you know, she decides to carry the ball. But that play was definitely special, I would say. That was a kind of a cherry on the top uh, moment to uh, close out that game for Boston's offense. Yeah, and, and the fact that uh, on, on the offensive side of the ball, they didn't start off red hot, but, you know, they were able to punch it in once they got, you know, once Adrian got into the end zone, it's sort of just, okay, here we go, right? That kind of push at that point. But before that, uh, Minnesota was really keeping them at bay, and they played really tough. I mean, at, at one score up, they'd go, two scores up, and then all of a sudden, here we are. We have we get uh, what you call, you know, the response by the Vixen, which I think was really impressive to see because normally, you know, you get Boston going, and then it's kind of a, ru- a runaway freight train. And this one, it was still an opportunity for uh, for the Vixen to come back in the second half. Especially during the third quarter. Oh, I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, the game wasn't over at halftime. You know, Boston might have been up by a couple touchdowns, but uh, there was there was no quit. Uh, you know, this is a, this is a championship game, and uh, you know, the Vixen are a very uh, competent and confident team, and you know, they were, you know, they they came back and they they, you know got to within a touchdown um, uh, there in the third quarter. You know, that was a pretty big statement to come out and, um, you know, s- stop Boston on their first possession coming out of halftime, get the ball in and score to, to, to get back in it. And, uh, you know, but I think at the end of the day, you know, Boston then turned around and they just, pound the ball up the field on that next series. Uh, it was like one short pass and um, six rushes from Bonds to to move up the field and uh, take another touch, two-touchdown lead. I, the thing, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, like, even, if you're, you can't really get into a foot race with the, uh, the Boston Renegades on offense, you know, even if, if neither defense could stop, e- you know, like stop each other, it, Boston just has two, like, I, it's, it's cliche. They have a lot of weapons. 
everybody, every, every position player touched that ball and got yards. Uh, so that's a lot of people to spread the ball around. We're talking about four receivers and, and, and two running backs, you know, uh, you know, catching multiple balls and, and getting a bunch of yards. When you have that many sort of options on offense, man, it can be very, very difficult to, to, to stop. Um, and in the end, I, that, that's kind of what it was. I mean, it, the Vixen were really, really pretty awesome on, on offense when, when they could get C- Cooper uh, in the right spot. You know, she did a, she did a lot of damage. Um, but they really didn't, they didn't get much out of their passing game, you know, and you ha- you have to have, you have to have all cylinders firing, I think, if you're going to, uh, um, take down the Renegades. Oh, for sure. You got to be on your game, uh, especially against them. Once they get rolling, it's pretty dangerous, especially when they do the balance attack. They start throwing the, the, you know, the throws on the side, and you start getting the yardage, and the chunks of yardage just start to build up. So I think Minnesota kind of figured that out to the second half, that they had to be defensively minded, but at the same time, it was just containment. They couldn't contain them. Um, so let's yeah. see if we can get uh, Stephanie Pasquale and Shante Bonds on. I think we're having them on here, so let's see if they're on the air here. Hold on. Uh, ladies, are you guys on? Yes, hey, we're here. Awesome. Great to uh, for you guys to make the time for us. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, we got backseat coach in the house. You're, you're probably your biggest fan. Uh, yeah, and uh, congratulations on your win. Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having awesome. us. All right. Uh, so, Shante and uh, Stephanie, uh, what did you guys think of the whole weekend besides your game? The D3, D2, all the events. Let's start with you, uh, Shante. I thought it was an awesome weekend. I think um, the WFA did a great job of of um, hosting the championship weekend out there in Canton. There were so many different events going on, um, and I felt like it was it was a really positive atmosphere for women's football. There were great games, um, including the the All Star game. The weather was awesome, so that worked into its favor as well. So overall, just a really good weekend. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Yeah, I'd have to agree. We um, had a pretty pretty busy weekend, as you could imagine, prepping for the game on Saturday. But we were um, fortunate enough to catch the D2 game Friday night, and um, a good chunk of the team made it out to watch the game, and I thought it was awesome. It was a great experience um, to set up everything and having it at the Hall of Fame. It was just uh, it was it was pretty exciting to be in the stands and watching some good football. Chante, uh, let's talk about Minnesota. You guys come in, Minnesota, really impressive season. Uh, Grace Cooper, I mean, what can you say about Grace Cooper? Just an awesome individual player out there, just took, took her team on her back, basically. Uh, but you guys started up somewhat slow. Then once you start putting the touchdowns in, it was sort of customary for us to, to see you guys, every, you know, amp it up every every other series after that. Yeah, I mean, um, Minnesota is a great team, definitely um, well-respected and deserved, obviously, to be in a in the championship game this weekend. And, um, you know, we knew it was going to be a dogfight. Um, they, they are a great team. They have awesome players, including Grace Cooper, who, who ran the ball uh, really, really well. Um, so we knew 
that we were going to have our hands full, but we felt really prepared going in and um, fortunate enough to come out on top. Now, uh, you you started up, Shante, you guys started pretty slow there at the beginning. Uh, was it something that they were guys, you guys were getting looks from the defense at this point, or it was just a, a matter of you guys getting comfortable with what they were giving you guys? I think it was just us um, getting into a rhythm, um, you know, championship game, getting those nerves out, uh, looking at what the defense was showing us and, and figuring out uh, what we could do on the offensive end to expose it. So I think it was just uh, getting a feel for the game, to be honest. All right. Steph, uh, on the passing game, uh, Adrian got it started, and then after that it was somewhat customary for you guys to throw on the edges and take advantage of some big yards. Yeah, I think that's kind of been um, the theme this year for the most part. I think um, our short game and our run game has really opened up the passing game, and our passing game has opened up our run game. So I think we are pretty diverse in that aspect, and I think we have so many weapons, and we use them in so many different forms on offense that, I mean, whatever the defense is going to give us, we're going to take it, and we're going to score whichever way we we can, you know? Of course. Not picky. Uh (laughs) Chante. Were you get were you surprised that Robert Kraft was so accommodating? Was that shocking for you guys? Oh man, it was it was a huge shock to us. Um just to get the, the recognition and the respect from Robert Kraft and the Patriots was definitely a surprise. And uh I think we just used that excitement as momentum going into the weekend, making sure that we stayed focused. We're excited but you know, to stay focused at the business at hand. So, I mean, so, so thankful to Robert Kraft and, and the Patriots uh, family. Just it it made me personally feel feel like, uh, I guess, like a day or a weekend in the life of a professional athlete. So that's something I sure. can definitely get used to. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Steph, what was that like? You got the, you know, when, when Molly says, hey, we're going to get flown in, and then Mr. Kraft says, if you win, and then Adrian says, what do you mean if we win? We're going to win, <laughs> and I'm getting my flight back. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that was probably the last thing on our minds um, when uh, Molly made the announcement. I think everyone was pretty shocked at that point. And most of our team, if not everyone on the team, already had their flights booked. <laughs> so the airlines were pretty busy uh, the next day uh, getting calls from all of us trying to get – um, be embarrassed for that because, um, yeah, I think that was the last thing that we could have imagined. But, you know, I think we were going into it, and if we lost, we might not have had a ride back. So I think there was a lot on the line for us. <laughs> Seriously, no ride back. Um, I doubt that was going to happen. But anyway, you guys have been so, so impressive. You know what I mean? So, so impressive. Uh, Shante, you've been at this event and with this team at the high stage in Atlanta as well, and, I mean, at, at the biggest – WFA events. I mean, it's kind of customary for you guys to be here at this huge event, but this has got to be probably one of the the historic moments for the brand, but also for for the team. You guys got so much press this time around. You guys got so much attention, in, including the NFL. So, I mean, that's kind of speaks volumes to every one of you guys as you know as putting in the work and and being uh, working as professionals as well and being treated that way now. Right. I mean, yeah, I I agree with what you're saying. It's not like something that just happened overnight. This is 
years and years of just skiing hard um, from the organizational, like the admin level, all the way down to our players, um, you know, working hard, making sure that we're representing uh, the Boston Renegades professionally uh, on the field, off the field. And, you know, finally it's starting to get some recognition. People are starting to take notice. So, you know, again, that's something that happened overnight for us, something we've been pounding at for a while. So I'm just excited and really proud of our team, our organization, Molly Goodwin and Nadrian Smith. I, I don't know what they did or how they got Robert Kraft on that Zoom call that, that day, but um, really, really grateful. Yeah, and then uh, McCourty, I think, had the shirt at training camp today. Uh, this, right. I think it's today. <laughs> so uh, that was huge, too. That was awesome. That was awesome. We got that that. Um, Someone sent the the Twitter link over um, in a group chat, and I'm like, there's no way he's wearing that shirt right now. And played the audio um, and got the sh- and heard the shout-out that he gave us and just uh, beaming ear to ear. It's, it's really awesome. It's a it's a dream to, to get this recognition. Um, and so I'm just – I'm looking forward to, to seeing what's going to happen next. I'm, I'm hoping this is just momentum for – everyone else to to do the same um, throughout the WFA. All right. Steph, uh, you're a business-minded individual. This is a pretty good stepping stone for the WFA to be in Canton for four years. We have no idea what four years will bring in terms of additional sponsorships or, you know, revenue or other events or collaborations. So in on that aspect of it, you guys as the team, that is literally the WFA, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's awesome. It was a great venue, and to have um, to continue to go there for the next four years, I think it's going to be awesome. I mean, just, I mean, having um, the Renegades jersey now in the Hall of Fame with the WFA logo on there, I think, and the Renegades being represented there, I think it's just awesome. I mean, there's no telling, like, what else um, is going to come from this. Now, uh, ladies, what did you guys do in the off season if during COVID that was any different at this point? Was it more fundamentally sound, you know, techniques, or what did you you guys, uh, you know, Steph, what did you guys do di- differently in the off season be- going through all this pandemic thing? Yeah, so I think um, we very early on when we um, discovered that we wouldn't be having a season, we kind of continued our Zoom calls um, and just did um, a lot of film review and then. We started to go a little bit deeper with everything happening, you know, outside of football in, in our world um, and started doing a lot of um, DEI work, um, which was pretty um, – in a time where I feel like everyone kind of felt really um, separated and from, from other humans and other people um, because of uh, the quarantining, I think it, brought, it really brought our team closer together in a time where I feel like a lot of other teams may not have had that opportunity um, to even um, – have these kind of conversations. So I think that along with like trying to stay hungry, I think afterwards when things started opening up, we were to go out um, as teams and you had a lot of um, skilled groups going out in, um, in smaller groups um, and practicing with each other. So I think we still, we still tried to stay connected in any way that we could. Um, But as an organization, we really tried to to, um, hit other areas outside of just football. Sentiment the same, Shante? Yeah, yeah, uh, sentiment the same. Um, 
I think it was a great opportunity for us to, to be able to slow some things down, really uh, take a look at our film, um, look at go back to the basics of fundamentals. Not not that we we skip over that stuff. Um, we are always, as Coach Johnny would say, paying attention to the details. It's all about the details. So I, you know, not anything too much out of the ordinary. The only difference was we had a lot more Zoom calls than um, than our physical workouts. But when we were able to get back together as a team, um, being able to do it in a safe way where it was very effective at the same time. I think um, being able to still practice twice a week. Um, and then, you know, Saturdays we, we get together as well. So we, we tried to stay as normal as possible with masks on, of course. Um, but, yeah, again, I think the Zoom calls and, and really breaking some film down and slowing things down and be able to ask some questions made us more effective when we were able to get on the field. Awesome. Um, Steph? What does this three-peat mean for you personally? Well, for me, I, I um, think it was special for me. I think I wasn't here for the other three that the um, that the militia game, but I was fortunate enough to be here for the three that the um, the renegades were were able to achieve. And you know, I think having played sports in college, I feel like there's no other high other than like getting to a championship game and winning that. And after after putting in putting in so much work. I think this is a year-round commitment for us here in Boston. I feel like we're doing a lot of work on the um, the off-season and to come out as champions three, well, three with an asterisk <laughs> with four um, years um, in the making, it was just pretty awesome. Shante, what's it, what's it mean for you for the three-peat personally? Is it... Yeah, I mean um... – I'm just really proud of the team. I wish I could say I was a part of all three. Um, but unfortunately, I after the 2018 season, I was like, oh, I'm going to hang up the cleats. And then uh, COVID happened, and I got hungry again, and, and I came back. Um, but just really, really proud of the team. Um, I think that it it could easily – the pressure could easily mount. After you win a championship, everyone's gunning for you. And I feel like – our team um, and organization as a whole did a really great job of staying humble, staying hungry, um, and making sure that we were doing all the right things to get us another opportunity to win a championship. To do that three times in, in a row is just – it's something to be celebrated and something I'm really proud of. Yeah, it's impressive. Um, let's bring in Mark here to pick your guys' brain too. Go ahead, Mark. Thanks, Oscar. Um, you know, in listening to what you said about trying to stay close uh, and continue to build camaraderie, um, mm-hmm. you know, throughout 2000 and, uh, uh, 2020, uh, when we didn't have a season, we didn't have games, we didn't have normal practices, um, uh, and it, that was certainly still a challenge, you know, because of rules and regulations and stuff like uh, throughout this season, um, and Molly had uh, made a point that you know one thing that your team didn't have that they usually have during the season was like bus trips, and you know um, as as a bonding moment, you know because we've all been on the bus together and we know what it's like. And actually, um, uh, 
when you were on the bus from Foxborough uh, going to TF Green Airport, uh, at least one of the buses broke out into song from a video I saw. So that seemed very familiar. I don't know what it is about the bus that brings the team together in that way. But uh, it was a, a pretty uh, funny and uh, inspiring moment. But all that said, um, was, the, was the plane ride that sort of a, an atmosphere in there? Um, what, what benefit, other than, you know, obviously getting a ride to the game uh, in Canton, um, what benefits did that, did that plane ride give you? Because certainly, I, you know, all that, there are lots of distractions that go along with that too, right? So I'm just wondering, kind of like, um, you know, Stephanie, in your, in your mind, what did you, you know, what did you get from that plane ride? And uh, the flip side of that coin, how, how did you stay focused? Was there something that you did, an exercise or something, that kept you focused so that all the things that happened previous um, just didn't interfere with your game and your preparation? Yeah, I think that that was a constant battle, I think, throughout this, that whole weekend. I think it was um, really, you really had to find the balance between, you know, being present and appreciating this moment. You know, like how many people can say that they just, they're going to be flying on the Patriots plane? Like not very many, right? And I think being able to appreciate that and then also stay focused and focus on the task at hand, which is winning this championship. Um, I think that there was a lot of a deep breath and a lot of pinching. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. to make sure and um, just make sure that you stay grounded because um, you know none of that, none of this like means anything. At least to me, in that moment, it didn't mean anything unless we came away with that win. Um, and you know, I think you asked a question about like how that kind of compares to like riding on a bus or like how it brought us together as a team. You know, again, this is like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity or hopefully not once-in-a-lifetime if, um, you know, women get start to get treated more like professionals in this game. But, um, you know, I think this was for us not expected, and it, it, was, it seemed like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that you were going to be sharing with these women that you put your body on the line with every Saturday um, on, on this field and like if, if you were finally getting some kind of reward and you were there was no one else that I would have wanted to share that with other than these women um, and so I was grateful for that and I will forever be grateful and I will always remember you know the, the women a lot the women aside that were with me that day um, when we were when we were on that plane yeah, Anything yeah I would to agree yeah. yeah I was going to say I would agree I think um, thinking back to you know, other sports teams that I played on, um, after all these years, the things that I remember, as you already mentioned, are the bus trips, the away games, um, you know, what the what the locker room felt like before and after games. And this is something that, you know, this experience here is definitely something that I would think back to fondly for the rest of my life. Um let me say once in a lifetime experience and to to be able to do that together um, after not really all being together uh, for so long was just something that was really, really special. I think it's a bond that um, all of us will will always cherish and and Mm -hmm. never forget. We're, We're forever bonded by this experience and to have a championship 
come out of it all is just icing on the cake. So it's something really beautiful that uh, I'm excited to tell uh, my kids about one day. That's great. I, yeah, I, as a spectator, um, you know, uh, remotely, it, it seemed like the weekend was just a really great setting. I mean, I, can we even think of any better place to, for, you know, a, a championship to take place than, you know, Canton, Ohio, in the Hall of Fame Village? Um, you know, we're there for, you know, four more years. Um, so what do you think the game, the game might look like at the end of the, that four years? Um, I heard Lisa King saying, you know, maybe they want to try and make a whole week out of it by the time uh, that fifth year comes around, which would open up some pretty po- amazing possibilities. For example, you know, we could have the conference championships there too at mm. the beginning of that week and then the national championship at the end. Um, that's that's not a proposal that I've heard on the table. I'm just sort of uh, hypothesizing some things that could happen. Um, but um, from your perspective as players, what would you what kind of what would you like to see uh, by that fifth year? What, what would you like that weekend or week or whatever the time is to to be like? Oh man, that's something I might have to sit on for a minute. Um... I'm, I'm just thinking back to this past weekend and, and the experience that I had. And it, I mean, I, I feel like I couldn't have written a better story of like how championship weekend could have gone. Um, I guess my biggest thing would be to, to have more people in the stands. And right. I think that that's a possibility, right? If we have consistency of where the championship game is going to be played every year, people already know where it is. Um, what time of year it's going to be, and the attraction of the sport is is spreading more and more. And so I'm, that's my hope is to have – it would be awesome to have those stands filled with, with fans. That would that would be my dream. Yeah, I think that sounds, that. Yeah. I think that sounds like a, a you know, an, an awesome uh, thing on the want list. I, I think it's possible, you know. Um, I think this first year, I don't, I don't think the numbers um, expected were particularly um, high just because of the circumstances of the nation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people aren't traveling as much. Um, and, but, you know, I, I think in the years that, that come down, like we're definitely going to see more people in those stands. And if they have a, a top-notch experience as a as a tourist, if you will, because Hall right. of Fame Village has a, a lot of other things to offer, right? And they're building stuff. Um, I guess right. they're build like a water park, and there's going to be all kinds of shops and like entertainment venues and stuff like that. Um, it will be really attractive to people, um, you know, to go there. And if they have a good time while they're there, they can come the next year. You know, maybe even if their team isn't, you know, isn't in it. So um, it seems like a very good setup. Yeah, I think it's a great setup. Um, I think that the possibilities are endless. I think it's just a matter of, you know, all the great minds that be to to get together and figure out, you know, 
what what would make the event um, better each year. But um, yeah, I, I love the idea of of it being maybe a week long and and um, the the you know the playoffs being held there. Um, that means there that there will be more teams there, right? And then if we have you know the girls clinic that that the Cleveland Browns put on. If we have a couple of those clinics going on throughout the week, and now we get we have um, those little girls, young girls in the stands with their families, and I don't know. I think the I think the possibilities are are endless at this point. I think that there is a market out there. It's just a matter of figuring out like how to tap into it so that these these uh, stands can be filled. It's it's definitely possible. And I'm just hoping I'm not old and gray when it happens. I hope I'm hoping it happens within these five years. Right, agreed. Well, thanks for talking with me. Congratulations, champs. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. All right, guys. Um, Chante and Steph. Um, any any of you guys retiring before we let you guys go? <laughs> No, not anytime soon. Mom's the word. Mom's the word. What is it? What's the word? I said mom is the word. <laughs> no. Is that the word? No. I don't, I don't know. Think, you, I don't, somebody somebody left in 2018 and then decided to come back this year, so I don't that's know. Why, that's why I'm saying nothing. I have no idea. I feel great. I think, um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. So before I let you guys go, uh, uh, what do you guys think of uh, this whole adventure and rebrand and, and uh, Molly? I mean, Molly's done such a great job and putting all this together, the, the amount of work and everything that's put together to, to put this this team as one of the elite teams in women's tackle football in the world. Um, you know, the the fact that you guys are the militia and then not the militia, and now you have the renegades, and here we are, you know, the NFL is starting to recognize not just the Boston Renegades, but obviously Molly Goodwin as a businesswoman. So pretty, uh, you know, great shout out for her, right? Oh yeah, Molly's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, Shante said it earlier. I think from top to bottom, I think it it's just a culmination of years and years of hard work. And I think we actually, as as the Renegades, had the opportunity to meet. Um, the founders of the Renegades are the ones who kind of put it together when um, with uh, Mia Brickhouse and Aaron Baumgartner and Molly Goodwin. And I think it was an amazing experience coming off of the Hall of Fame and honoring our heroes of the game and the past and um, just understanding what they had to go through in order to put this together, you know, from, from, from nothing, you know, from what they were left with and then building it um, from that to what we are now. I think it's amazing, and I think and it just made me really grateful. Yeah, I think it's a testament to Molly's hard work and passion, love for the game, um, and it's all it's all paying off now. So I'm just really grateful that uh, she was around and wanted to to take the team over and and figured out how to make it happen. And where we are now is is completely a, a tribute to her and. As Stephanie mentioned, Mia and Erin, I mean, just three amazing women who I was honored to play with and now am um, reaping the benefits of, of their hard work that they that they uh, put in off the field. So she's really proud of all of them. Molly's unbelievable, and I'm hoping she's sticking around for 
forever and ever. <laughs> well, let's hope that Robert Kraft's got a paycheck for, you know, the, like a WNBA type mentality. That would be great. Wouldn't that be great? That would be so awesome. That would be awesome. Not just a plane ride. Not just a plane ride, but maybe, you know, a real, real big let's paycheck. Let's uh, yes. Let's hope that happens, yeah. But um, what you guys are uh, part of this born-to-play pandemic experience, right? So, I mean, grandkids and I, I don't want to call it, but encyclopedia and everybody else's history books, in other words, uh, you're, gonna be able to, you're gonna be able to recall back and go, hey, I was part of that documentary. I was part of that great team. It's just a kind of like awesome. Uh, I don't know what we want to say about Vera Lieberman, but just to, you know, being grateful to the fact that she put this whole thing together and it's gonna be there for a long time for people to view it back and forth and realize it. Kind of like no different than what we're praising the Toledo Troopers now. Oh, yeah. I mean, so grateful that um, that Barry was interested in, in our team. I think it helped that she's from Boston. Um, and she, what she did, the story that she was able to capture in one season was truly unbelievable. And I am just so happy. It's, it's funny that you say, like, Oh yeah, you know this is in the history books, and you can get back, you can go back and watch it. Um, it it's great to have the video evidence because you could talk yourself up all day, and yep. kids will be like, "Yeah, sure, mm-hmm, sure." But if they have that video footage, it's like, okay, it makes sense now. What you said was true, so I'm just happy that we have that uh, in the rolodex now to be able to pull out whenever we need to. She's awesome. Really grateful for her. Yeah, I know it's, uh, and I I hope that we keep it going. We got Open Field as a documentary as well with Grisafi and Sowers and everybody else. But uh, I really appreciate uh, you guys coming on. Thanks to Aaron Truex for uh, setting the whole interview up uh, today with you guys, and uh, just a an incredible D1 championship. Um, you guys three three peat mission three peat completed, um, and then uh, your quarterback there with the exclamation touchdown. I think that sort of sealed the whole deal so that was pretty awesome yeah. to see as well uh but uh, congratulations to you Shante. uh awesome it's been uh been an honor to interview both of you guys i've been watching you guys for a long long time and uh, thank you for coming on and giving our audience feedback on your uh excellence as a team and you guys as uh, amazing athletes thank, thank you. you thanks for having us we appreciate the opportunity yeah thank you all right, girls, thank you. Stay safe. Uh, we'll be in touch. And uh, 2022 can't come any sooner, right? All right. Let's go. <laughs> Have a great night. Good night. All right. So, Mark, there you go. Two of your probably amazing athletes that on the Renegades on top of the other 54 that are probably on the Renegades. But uh, Shantae, I mean, had to come back. <laughs> Guess the bug hit her. She had to come back. Yeah, she she got the bug, and um, you know, obviously, a great player, defensive player of the year, uh, um, MVP in her uh, in her player history. Um, uh, you know, Stephanie's also team captain, so she bears a lot of responsibility for um, uh, many many of the team's uh, activities and doings on and off the field. So, um, two really great people there. Yeah, amazing. What a ride. Uh, three-peat, uh, I mean, history books, 
part of WFA, uh, you know, history ultimately. And, uh, you know, Minnesota arriving at this point, I think they're only going to get better next year. I think they're just hungry to get better. And, um, you know, Grace, what are you going to say? Like I said, Grace Cooper, congratulations to her. We're going to see if we can get her on here to kind of give her her just due as well. And uh, hopefully we'll get Angelita Furman uh, for another uh, another podcast so that we can interview her too for, on her great performance in the uh, T3 championship. All right. Um, if you guys haven't gone to the hub, I don't know where your head is, but you need to go to the hub. And if you were at the hub, right, Mark? All of everything we just talked about was at the hub like a week ago. So you don't have to wait That's for right. the podcast. You go to the hub and get it's right there. So there, get to the hub, Bob. Seriously, get to the hub. Um, Nate, Nate's on the line here. Hey, Nate, what's going on? Oh, you know, another day in paradise. How's it going, guys? Really good. Nate, nobody's at the hub. you got to let everybody know to go to the hub. I don't know how long you've been doing that, but Seriously, keep doing it. Buddy. I, 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 I will keep doing it till I am, you know, blue, red, and whatever other women's team colors we've got in the spectrum. I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. People, go to the hub. You don't know what you're missing if you're not there. This is only part of it. This podcast is only part of it. Go to the hub, get your full fill. You know, it, you know, fill up your palate. Do it. Just go and do it. All right, uh, guys. Uh, before we get out of here, um, let's do the preview here. So, Mark WNFC. We're going to talk about it next uh, next podcast as well, and we're going to break it down. But the it's San Diego taking on Texas Elite Spartans. Um, I think at this point, they're the underdog. I think no question there. San Diego's the underdog. They got a huge obstacle to deal with. But on the other side, too, I think Texas could be surprised, depending on how gritty and tough and how much San Diego wants it. It's funny that you put it that way because I I feel exactly the same way. I I feel like, you know, uh, Texas is is just a clear favorite. We know what their, their strengths are. And they're in a position to just, like, out-personnel uh, San Diego. But at the same time, you've got to put them on upset watch, you know, because San Diego, uh, they're, they're, they just seem like a team that uh, is, you know, they're just ch- chasing a, a destiny. Like, um, you can't count them out. No, uh, Nate... This is pretty historic. Nevada wins, you know, two championships in two different divisions. San Diego gets, you know, undefeated in the regular season. They take down Utah. They edge Utah, technically. And now they get to get the big dog here. If they accomplish the win, okay, they would, have, they would be the first undefeated team in the WNFC to take down number one, number two ranked team and finish undefeated. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. I mean, but you know, that's that that those are the kind of moments you live for. Those are the moments you go in hungry for. And you know, they've come this far. Uh, why stop? Sky's the limit at this point. You you you've got it right in the palm. Of your head. The the next chapter, the 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 end of the script is right there in their hands. This is their destiny to take to the finish line. All right, so if we had to put the Born to Play theme on it, Mark, and it's in Texas at the Spartans' home. <laughs> Just, you can't write the mm. script any better than that. That's right. I mean, that's, you know, 
If you're going to upset somebody, you want to, you know, if you upset them at, in their own house, that just makes it sweeter, you know? I, I, I don't know if, if uh, Texas knows this, but I'm pretty sure Nenji Martin, Katie Ott, uh, all the Instagram, uh, Nate, all the Instagram uh, workouts all year, they, they have been for good. So maybe they will do good on their finish, right? Yeah, no, I mean, this is, I'm, I'm this is really what they've been training for. This is what they've been training for. Their rivalry goes back to the old San Diego Surge, uh, Dallas Diamond mm-hmm. days. Let's not forget that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And then, uh, Nate, you know, we can't say it's a one-man show with Nenji Martin anymore. you got got uh, Adriana Gutierrez, the running back. you got a really good defense that's been playing their hearts out all year. So, uh, I mean, at this point, I mean, they, they, they got nothing to lose, right? They got to show up. They got to do their thing. And at the end of the score, if they're up and they win by one, three, or whatever, as long as it's a win, it's going to be a huge WNFC moment. Oh, it's going to be one for the history books. I mean, it's, it's going to be one that those of us who follow women's football will remember forever. And the fact, the fact let's not forget, NFL has been acknowledging WNFC, so think of the impact and the the bring-in that that could have, a historical moment like that could have with, you know, Big Brother watching. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mark, if San Diego, run, uh, you know, does what it does, if they go into Texas, this is, this is the, the, what, the, the hype of football. They go into Texas with the swag that Texas Elite has. They come in to do business. And if the rebellion comes in and does business and they take down the Spartans, um, I mean, it's a big blow to the, to the Texas Elite Spartans. But at the same time, it would be a huge benefit to the WNFC. I, I absolutely agree. Uh, you know, um, you know, all they, although, you know, OJ, uh, Odessa Jenkins, you know, is part of, uh, the Texas team, and you know she leads the WNFC, and that's basically her baby. You know, as a business person, she's got to think about them as, as separate entities, of course. And oh, yeah. she knows what position on the field is. Um, uh, but I, I agree with you, and I think she would think the same thing as a business person. Uh, in fact, she probably finds herself in a no, no lose situation, right? Um, oh yeah. As you. Absolutely. You know, could win a championship or, you know, have a, have a situation that uh, can really um, help help the league. I don't know. It's a, it's a huge moment for the nine cup. This is a totally different animal than the first year when you got Utah, Texas, and we know that those were the two best teams in the country. Now we're at a different stage in this year, and I think that's a credit to – Nenji Martin and Katie Ott, and it's a credit to the Rebellion for winning the games that they had to win, whether they were pretty or not or whatever. The, the bottom line is, at the end of the game, they were the upper hand to win it. And I think this is another stage. So they are the underdogs. I don't think they see themselves as underdogs, but the rest of us in terms of the media sees themselves as underdogs. And uh, so if uh, Texas – you know, the elite Spartans play their game. We know what they're all about. Now it's a, pretty much San Diego to come in here and make history. 
that's literally what it boils down to. Um, so really awesome. We're going to talk about this whole event next Tuesday and break it down a little further in terms of the matchups and trying to figure out who's going to be, you know, facing against who. But uh, if you guys didn't get the lowdown on the international scene, there's also international women's action. And if you're at the hub, you would have gotten it. And that would be the D- Division One in Finland, Maple League in Finland, the uh, playoffs in Monterey Elite League as well. And then week one of the BAFA uh, NWF, NWFL uh, week one. So we're going to keep tabs on everything. Go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash square on beauties. Don't forget to go to monkeyknife5.com and use the code NJF mm. to get up to uh, a $100 match on a free $5 play. You can play uh, Major League Baseball currently, and then we're anticipating, obviously, the NFL to come up here. So, uh, Nate uh, and Mark, thanks, you guys, for making the time today. I really appreciate it. We have some great hosts, Shante Bonds, Stephanie Pasquale of the Boston Renegades, Coach Roy McMillan of the Derby City Dynamite. We also had uh, Coach of the Year, Chris Garza, plus uh, Sarah Colangelo as well. So uh, what a great show. So i uh, catch you guys 384. We're going to preview the nine cup for August 7th. Excited. Uh, and actually, you know what? I'll say it right now. Uh, I'm going to be joining next week. Uh, it'll be on less three minutes. We'll, we'll have a blast. Perfect. All right, Nate. Uh, Mark, thanks again. And uh, so we'll catch you guys here at 384 as we are talking nine cup on the next podcast. So it's going to be awesome. Good night. Good night. Good night, guys. This is the fastest-growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy-to-play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50.